are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Friday edition of Locked on Saints, brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasty protein bar on the market with new flavors available now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box. We got a fun episode for you on today's episode. First, we'll go through the important news and notes that you need to know ahead of the weekend. The Saints re-sign another familiar face. Sean Payton speaks on James Harrison and the Mike Tomlin envelope story. And USA Today predicts the 2020 NFL season. We'll talk about how the Saints finished up. So we'll open up the show with all of that. And then we'll jump straight into your questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group in segments two and three. We'll update cap space. We'll talk about what the Saints can do with the money that's remaining. And then I'll tell you which Cajun food I am and why for a change. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Let's recap a busy week for the New Orleans Saints for our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. To start, the Saints re-sign another familiar face, continuing their theme of familiarity and continuity throughout the 2020 offseason, bringing back Patrick Omame, the offensive lineman that played as a reserve offensive lineman for the Saints last season, but did see a considerable amount of snaps. He appeared in 14 different games in 2019, played over 150 snaps and allowed only one sack, eight pressures, and committed only one penalty as well. In his appearances, he played snaps at both guard and tackle. He even started a game at left tackle on Thanksgiving Day in place of an injured Teron Armstead when Teron Armstead and his usual backup, Andrew Speet, were both injured. You'll remember that in the earlier Week 5 matchup between the New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons that the Falcons racked up six sacks. However, on that Thanksgiving game with both Teron Armstead and Andrew Speet out and with Patrick Omame starting at that very important blindside left tackle role, they didn't allow a single sack. So Patrick Obama has shown his value, particularly in his versatility, having started games in his career as well at left guard, at right guard, and now with the Saints at left tackle as well. Makes sense to bring back another potential offensive lineman that can play in multiple positions along the trenches for the New Orleans Saints in 2020. Patrick Obama back with New Orleans. Sean Payton made an appearance on Jason LaConfornia's radio show on 105.7 The Fan, and he was asked about James Harrison guest spot on Going Deep, where Harrison mentioned that after an illegal hit on the Cleveland Browns wide receiver, Muhammad Masakwai, that he was fined $75,000 by the league. But when he ended up going into the locker room, he claimed that apparently Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin handed him an envelope, though he wouldn't say what was in the envelope. It seems to allude that Mike Tomlin either paid Harrison for his hit on Masakwai or paid for his fine that was impending at that time. Now, this is a little bit of a big deal, but it's not going to be enough of a big deal. As uh, Sean Payton mentioned that he's not really holding his breath on anything to happen with this or for you know anybody to really take a big look at it. And he said, basically, if people are waiting for the league to investigate that, they shouldn't hold their breath. I think that what took place with us, meaning the Saints back in 2012, in so many ways was a sham. And yet there wasn't a lot that we could do with it. So Sean Payton clearly still very angry when it comes to the idea of Bounty Gate and 
I can't blame him for it, and I don't think that any of us would, but he did speak on exactly why that is. He said, listen, don't get me started on that. I lost $6 million in salary, and I honestly think it was something that I'll never truly get over because I know how it was handled, I know how it was run, and the reasons behind it, that's just the truth. So Sean Payton, uh, not very sold on the fact that the NFL may take a look into James Harrison's claim of Mike Tomlin potentially paying we don't know he won't say what's in the envelope but it seems to allude to that being the case Uh, not very optimistic about the NFL really looking into it and I can't say that I blame him because what happened with the Saints in 2012 was such a specific and directed investigation I'll call it even though we know it felt a little different than that Uh, but this uh, it clearly will not end up being uh, exactly that Finally, we'll take a look at USA Today's predictions for the 2020 season. Over in the NFC, only two teams finishing better than 10 and 6, being the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints, who finish up 12 and 4. Both win their divisions, the NFC West and the NFC South. The Packers take the NFC North at 10 and 6, and the Cowboys take the NFC East at 10 and 6 as well. The Bucks end up being a wild card team at 10 and 6, and so do the Falcons at 9 and 7, along with the Eagles at nine and seven so three teams in the nfc south making it to the playoffs in this prediction no such luck for any division over in the afc but the key element here is to look at who won the afc and that would be the baltimore ravens at 13 and three they're projected to win the afc championship and head to the super bowl as the new orleans saints are predicted to do over in the NFC as well. So the Super Bowl in this simulation is projected to be the New Orleans Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens. And the New Orleans Saints bring home the Lombardi Trophy in USA Today's 2020 NFL projection. Certainly, even though there is a long way to go to get there, we can hope that this is exactly the way that the 2020 season unfolds after it gets started. So that takes care of the big news and notes to catch up for the end of this week. But coming up next, we're going to dive into your questions from the Locked On Saints. Facebook group, which you can always participate in, of course, by joining the Locked on Saints Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints. We got the Q&A coming up. We also did a quick film study of the two zone runs that I talked about earlier on this week over there. That video is still up. So if you join the group, you can still catch that over there, even though it wasn't live. It's still hanging around so you can watch the video. So we'll answer your questions here next on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And speaking of taste, I got to tell you that they have brand new flavors on the website that you can try today, including one that's come out of retirement, which is a chocolate covered cookie dough, y'all. So you absolutely need to try that one. And for a limited time with any purchase, you can also receive a six bar box of either the peach cobbler or mango flavors that are also brand new to Built Bar for just $10. Now, here's the trick. Here's the thing. Here's the secret sauce. You can use the promo code Locked On at checkout. You're going to get $10 off of your first order. So if you order a box of Built Bars, customize, build it the way that you want, and then add one of these six bar boxes for $9.95, use the promo code, you get that six bar box for free. That $10 covers your six bar box. So do it. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, add one of those add-on boxes, or just get $10 off of your first box over at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. All right, Huda Nation, we're going to jump into your questions now from the Locked on Saints Facebook group, which of course you can join at Facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints. Take part in the Q&As, take part in the live videos, take part in uh, these Facebook Fridays as well, which we do 
do every week. So excited to get to your questions here. So we're going to kick it off with Brandon Simmons, who came through with three questions to get us started. That's why we're doing two segments. We've got a lot of questions to try to get through here. So excuse me again, if some of the answers are short, I just want to make sure that I get to everybody. So Brandon's first question comes through. What are the odds of two 1,000 yard receivers and a 1,500 all-purpose yard season from Alvin Kamara? That's going to be tough. (laughs) It's going to be a big one. But however, it is possible. I'm not going to say it's not possible. I mean, we just saw last year uh, both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin go over a thousand yards on their own as wide receivers. You could see a pretty fantastic year from both Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders now being in the building. And I do expect that Alvin Kamara, one of my bold predictions from just a few episodes ago or from just a few weeks ago, was the fact that Alvin Kamara goes over a thousand yards rushing this season. So if he goes over a thousand yards rushing, then that becomes a little bit easier because then he's only got 500 yards of receiving that he has to put down and the other, you know, 300 yards has to go somewhere. And so that might help one of those other receivers top a thousand yards, very likely Emmanuel Sanders. So it's possible, but I can't really give you odds on it because I don't really know, but it is totally possible within the Saints offense. Uh, Brandon also asked how much cap space we have remaining. So the Saints have about $9.3 million, I'm rounding up, remaining in salary. They have not officially signed their draft picks yet, but remember the first three draft picks are the only ones that are going to count against the top 51, right? Which is really all that factors into the salary cap at this point in the year. So only the top three will actually count against it. They'll each push a $750,000 total out of that top 51 as well. So they'll kind of help pay for themselves in that way. And Tommy Stevens won't even top that to the point to where he's going to count against the salary. So he won't count against it at all. So the things have more than enough money to cover uh, their their rookie contracts going into the 2020 season at this point. And then I'm going to say Brandon's third question for the end of the episode. So let's move ahead here to Clayton Trout, who, who asked, should the Saints go after Julian Edelman as a potential trade target? Michael, uh, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman. Uh, yeah, sure. If he's available, absolutely. Here's the thing, though. The Saints, especially at this point in the season, don't often trade those day three picks to bring in vets. They're usually the team that's trying to trade vets to bring in more picks. And so it, it would be interesting to see the Saints do that. But if there's an opportunity after camp, likely after the preseason, if if uh, Edelman is healthy after the preseason, which I think would be a key thing to watch, that you know the Saints could make that move ahead of the season beginning. If, if he ends up being on the market, I'd love to see that. Uh, Sean Militello, do you think that Latavius Murray will see an increase in carries to possibly balance out the load for Alvin Kamara. Yes, I think it's possible, but it depends on how Alvin Kamara is feeling. And I imagine, I mean, at this point, he's healthy, he's ready to go. So I don't think you're going to see it immediately. I think that if you end up with the same situation that you saw last season to where Alvin Kamara ends up kind of dinged around a little bit, then you'll see the Saints really lean a little bit more on Latavius Murray, like they probably should have done at certain points last year, but didn't, that they'll correct that and that they will do that this year. But I think early on in the season, you're going to see Kamara get a ton of attention. And I think that that's going to work for the team as long as they can keep Kamara healthy. Next question comes from the homie Norberto, who asks, what are you looking forward to most this season? Well, a Lombardi trophy, of course. And do you think that the defense will improve more this year and do better? I I do believe that the defense will improve more this year. And they are a big part of what I'm looking forward to seeing in 2020. I have mentioned before my other bold prediction, along with Alvin Kamara rushing for over a thousand yards, was that this Saints defense ends up being top 10 in pass defense in particular, because I do truly believe that this secondary takes a step forward with Malcolm Jenkins there and with Janoris Jenkins opposite Marshawn Lattimore. As long as they stay healthy, of course, I think that the passing defense is going to take the next step. If the passing defense takes the next step, 
the run defense is already going to be there and that's going to be huge for this defense. So I do think that this defense will improve and I think they will look even better than they did last year in 2020. The next question, we'll jump over to the offense here. Alvaro Lopez asks, if the Saints find a reliable wide receiver three, could you see this offense being historic? Well, it'd have to top its 2011 production of what was it? 7,474 yards, uh, which is a tall task. But certainly this is an offense that can be one of the best in the NFL. There are a lot of people that have talked about this 2020 offense or this 2020 team being better than any Saints team that we've seen here in the recent past. Now, of course, that was talked about in 2018. That was talked about in 2017 as well. So I think this is just the time where everyone's optimistic about the team. So I, I don't know that this team can be historic. And not only that, they have some major competition for history with Kansas City having the offense that they have. And I'd even say with San Francisco having the offense that they have. But I certainly think that this can be historic within the confines of the New Orleans Saints history and the franchise and being one of the best offenses that the uh, New Orleans Saints have fielded in their history. Uh, Dylan Finch asked, do you think that this year's offensive line will be the best that Drew Brees has had? Well, that's going to depend on how quickly these young guys catch on, right? Because you're, you now have a three-time Pro Bowler who was a Pro Bowl reserve alternate last year. Let's not forget that. But you have, you have a three-time Pro Bowler and Larry Warford who's out. You have Eric McCoy, who was a fantastic center for the Saints, who's probably going to be switching positions. And then you have a new potential center coming in, the third new center in three years for Drew Brees, which I actually don't think is that big of a deal because you have Drew Brees. But as long as those two can perform and the rest of the offensive line can stay healthy, I think this will be one of the best offensive lines that Drew Brees has had. And we've certainly seen that he's had some of the best offensive lines that he's ever played with over these last few years. And the Saints continue to pay attention to that part of the team and that position group, which I think is vital for Drew Brees, particularly at this point in his career. And then we'll stick with the offensive line here adjacently to wrap up this segment before we jump into our next segment of these questions. Uh, Travis Fredericks asks, with the release of Larry Warford and $7 million saved from it, what positions should the Saints use that saved money on to add depth to? Well, if they are going to do that, we won't actually... One's already been taken care of, which is the offensive line, getting another guard swing, guard tackle swing like Patrick Omame was a big thing on my list. So I'm glad to see that. I'm happy for it. The other three positions that I would mention, we talked about wide receiver three already a bunch this episode, so I can quickly reference that. You've heard me talk tons about the outside or boundary depth at the cornerback position, and I'm also interested to see if they bring in a third edge rusher. I don't know that this money gets used for that, though. I think that the money gets repurposed elsewhere, and that's what we're going to talk about next as we continue your questions here on Locked on Saints. You're team every day. All right, y'all, we're wrapping up today's episode with the rest of your questions from over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Before we get to that, two quick reminders for you. First of all, of course, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Make sure you check them out, builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box of the best tasting protein bars on the market. And if this is your first time catching the show, I ask that you please take a moment to subscribe if you're listening on iTunes or follow if you're on Spotify, whatever it is, so that you continue to join us here every Monday through Friday here on Locked on Saints talking about your favorite team of course, the New Orleans Saints. All right, so let's jump to the rest of your questions here, continuing on down the list. Next question comes from Trip Wills, who asks, what do you think are the odds that the Saints don't sign anyone else and come up with an extension for someone with the money that they made in the move by releasing Warford? I think that that is highly likely. I've said all along that I believe that the money that they got for Larry Warford ends up going to an extension 
with the exception of filling out the 90-man roster. Because when you release Larry Warford, then there was a uh, an area that was vacated on the roster. You want to fill that roster spot because the Saints love to go into camp with 90, of course, and completely fill that 90-man roster. They did that by bringing back Patrick Omame. Now they have this money that they can use because Patrick Omame's contract is not going is, to is, is unlikely to break that $750,000 threshold that's going to move him into the top 51 cutoff. And so if he goes, I, I doubt that it's going to be above that. So he'll very likely not count against the cap right now with his salary. And so even after the Saints do finish up their rookie contracts, there's still enough money to start to offset a little bit of an extension by, you know, pumping a little bit of money into this year's salary to help with the extension down the road. I really do believe that some of that money goes towards uh, the Saints focus on getting some extensions done here, especially with some key guys. And I think the big key guy right now is Alvin Kamara. I mean, yes, Marshall Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek are other guys that you can name. Sheldon Rankins is another guy that you can name as well, who makes a lot of sense. But to me, with Marshall Lattimore and uh, Ryan Ramchek having fifth-year options, you can wait on them. But guys like Sheldon Rankins, if you want to bring him back, or Alvin Kamara, if you want to bring him back after this season, those are the guys that make sense to get their extensions done. But Alvin Kamara makes the most sense in terms of getting his extension done early before, say, Derrick Henry's extension is done. And then you have to end up paying a lot more money because then you're basing your contract negotiations off of the contract negotiations between the Titans and Derrick Henry. And you don't want to be in that situation. Joseph Zapata asks, what are your stat line predictions for the defense who leads in tackles, sacks, and interceptions? So for tackles, I'll go Demario Davis. For sacks, I'll go Cam Jordan, who I think has another double-digit sack year. And for interceptions, I'll go Marcus Williams because he's done it every other season while he's been with the Saints. And he actually is amongst the top in terms of interceptions since he came into the league in 2017 and graded as one of the highest safeties since he came into the league in 2017 as well. So I'll give interceptions to um, Marcus Williams, who very likely is going to demand a lot of money, command a lot of money next year in his market. So we'll see exactly what happens with him in this contract season. Have a question here from Michael Cogger as well, who I just want to shout out. The question is basically something that I just answered with the Larry Warford release and the money going to extensions and stuff like that. So this just essentially becomes shout out to you, Michael. I appreciate you for coming through. We'll jump to another Michael here and Michael Murray, who asked whether or not I believe that the Saints will start the season with fans in the stands. And I believe that they probably won't. I don't think any team in the NFL will start with fans in the stands. I I think that we will have football in September for certain. Uh, That's the I truly believe that. But I don't think that it looks the way that we usually like to talk about football. Joe Buck was talking the other day about pumping artificial uh, crowd noise into stands to sort of help the fan experience for the listeners at home. Kind of taking a little book out of the out of the Atlanta Falcons page, yes. But you know, I don't need that. What I would like, honestly, in terms of the viewership at home, I would like to hear more from on field. I would like to sort of go the XFL route and really give me a little bit more of the calls, the checks, things like that that you can hear on the field. I would love that to be able to hear you know the middle linebacker and Drew Brees going back and forward or whatever you know doing their check. And, and working off of one another. Like, I love that. And I hear the center make their checks as well. That's what I would love to see. But do I think that it could cost the team some losses at home? I don't know. I, I do think that it can suck the energy out and it makes it a little bit more challenging. But again, we've talked about this, that the Saints come in with a familiarity and continuity that no other team, that not a lot of other teams in the NFL are going to have. So does that outweigh what would happen? You know, it's it's just as weird for an away team to play in a stadium with no fans as it is to play at home with no fans. The only difference is that the home team got more rest because they didn't have to travel. So is that enough to overcome the lack of sort of uh, adrenaline that you get from the home fans? 
I don't know. I, I think that's a really tough question to answer. I do think that it has an effect, but will they lose games because of it? If they lose games, they lose games because of the lack of execution, because that's 100% what they need to, what they would have to focus on during that game, because there's nothing to distract anyone from anything <laughs> in that case. So I don't know. That's a really tough one, but I do think that uh, it does make wins a little bit more challenging at home than they would be with the fans in the stands. Let me say it that way. Michael Murray also asked, it's likely that Drew Brees is playing his last season. What do you think is the overlook when it comes to, or the outlook rather, when it comes to Sean Payton's time as a Saints head coach? So rumor meal of him going to Dallas someday has been quiet for a while. Well, yeah, now they have a brand new coach in Mike McCarthy. So there's a lot less uh, sort of idea of even getting rid of a coach from Dallas to bring in Sean Payton. So that makes a lot of sense. Sean Payton recently signed an extension. So I really don't think that the, the that there's a correlation, an immediate correlation, let me say, between the uh, the end of Drew Brees' career and the end as a saint and the end of Sean Payton's career as a saint. Because Sean Payton is obviously very excited about Taysom Hill. Sean Payton's obviously very excited about this team building five-year extensions for guys like Michael Thomas in the midst of his own extension as well, continuing to build out offensive line extensions, continuing to build out uh, special teams extensions, things like that, that go into the 2023-2024 season. So I think that the end of Drew Brees' time as a Saint and the end of Sean Payton's time at the Saint are exclusive to one another because there's still a lot of reasons for Sean Payton to be around even without Drew Brees. So I, I guess I'd put it that way. Uh, Scott Wishart asks, what are you looking forward to most when it comes to the guys in camp? Uh, and, and you actually named one of them because he gave me kind of a list to, to consider wide receiver battle, Ruiz McCoy. But the thing that I'm really looking forward to is seeing how these quarterbacks work. I think that that's one of the things I'm, I'm really excited about come camp is, you know, can you imagine, can you imagine the day that Drew Brees gets some rest and James Winston gets some first team snaps, how crazy everyone's going to go. People are going to jump to wild conclusions about that. And then the next day, if Drew Brees is still resting or the next time Drew Brees gets rest, they'll throw Taysom Hill in with the ones. And then everybody's going to jump to conclusions about that. I think that's going to be so fun. I love that. You know, the offensive line thing is really interesting and the linebacker thing is really interesting. But over the last three years, the only thing that we've learned is that there's no depth chart <laughs> and that there's no roster when it comes to those two positions that they're going to try everybody everywhere. And so we're going to get a lot of really interesting sort of tidbits from, you know, the Luke Johnsons of the world that are keeping track of who's playing where on the offensive line and stuff like that. He does a fantastic job at that, by the way. And so you'll you'll see all of that. But the thing to me is going to be watching those quarterbacks and seeing sort of where they get fit in when. I think that that's going to be uh, pretty, pretty exciting to watch. And then Galen Seals asks, do you feel that the Saints need another cornerback? Yes. If so, who's the best available, excluding Eli Apple? So I've talked about this a couple of times. Yes, I do think that the Saints need another boundary corner, another one more depth out there just in case Marshawn Lattimore Jr. Jenkins gets hurt. Uh, to me, if you're not wanting to hear about Eli Apple, then to me, Drake Kirkpatrick is probably the guy. I know a lot of people like Prince Mukamara as well, but Drake Kirkpatrick to me is kind of the guy. Uh, Logan Ryan can play a little bit on the outside, but he's not really, he's more of a slot guy, so I'm not too worried about guys like him or even Darquez Denard, uh, I'll look to Denard's um, to Denard's teammate or former teammate in uh, Drake or Patrick, probably being the best left available. But honestly, to me, it's Eli Apple, 100%. It's Eli Apple if he's healthy. You know, he's dealt with, what, three ankle injuries now and is not able to land the contract. So clearly that means something. So that's kind of where I, I lean toward, though. And then finally, we'll wrap up with Brandon Simmons' final question. You always ask people in your interviews what their favorite foods are or what food they are, rather. So what food do you consider you are? So I'm going to go, because I always ask them about Cajun food. I'm going to go with gumbo. And I'm surprised that no one has ever given the answer gumbo. But here's why I go with gumbo, because gumbo can be sort of 
tailor-made to its audience, right? Gumbo is versatile. Gumbo has all that. And, and you never question where Gumbo is from when it comes to the United States, right? You never question it. And when I talk about Gumbo being able to be tailored to its audience, I mean, like, if you have, you know, a family that really loves sausage, then great, overload your your Gumbo with, you know, andouille. If you have a family that really loves chicken, then great, you're set. If you have a family that really loves seafood, then great, you're set. You can make Gumbo fit for anybody. And that's kind of what I like to try to be, is that I like to try to get a Along with everybody that I can for certain. Obviously, there's limits to that. I like to make sure that when it comes to this show, I'm tailor making this show for you. This show is about you, the listener. It's not about me getting up here and talking on a microphone. The show is about me and you. And this show is more, and honestly, I'd love to say this show is more about you than it is about me. I just want to make, I just love being the person that's lucky enough to sit here and talk to you. And I feel like that's the gumbo of my personality is that I want to be tailor-made to my audience. And I love being able to be that. I love being able to connect with everybody. And the whole thing about not being able to question where gumbo's from, that is very much who I am. I never let people forget uh, where my roots are. And I will never forget where my roots are either. And I'm where I come from. So I think gumbo is really the one that I would say is my sort of inner Cajun cuisine. So all right, y'all, that is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, as always, make sure that you go and check out Locked on NFL. Uh, tell your smart device to play Locked on NFL. Check out everything that's going on around the league. You can also check out Locked on NFL Draft. I am on an episode today recapping the Saints draft. So please go and check it out. I had such a fun time with Trevor Sikkim and Benjamin Solak over there at the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. And I had such a great time with y'all. Thank you very much for all of your fantastic questions. And um, give me give me some fun on this Friday heading into this weekend. So obviously, I will holla at y'all again on Monday. We'll be back at it. And we'll continue to look through the schedule, any news and notes of the day. It's a free week next week, so we have a lot to cover. And we'll do a lot more. We'll have our Twitter Tuesday, our Facebook Friday as usual. Always keeping it fun. Always keeping it interesting here on Locked on Saints. So thanks, everybody, as always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to drop that five-star rating and review. Take a moment to subscribe. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Who Nation. I'll holla at you.